Okay, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 24, and this is the part two of this message. This was a very long chapter, so it had to be cut in half. And I wanted to go ahead and make it a twofold message. As in the beginning, the reason for this particular uh, chapter was is that Isaac, Abraham's son, obviously was a single man up in up and it was a age of uh, 37, 38 years old from the looks of it. And so Abraham felt the need to find a bride for his son Isaac because they were living in the land of Canaan. And in the land of Canaan, Abraham did not see fit to find someone from that region due to the paganistic ways of the region. And so Abraham instructed his servant by the name of Eliezer to go to his homeland of Ur, which really wasn't much better, but it was the lesser of two two evils, to go to the homeland of Ur in the, in the Mesopotamia area of Iraq to find a bride for Isaac, which happened to also have been related to Abraham from somewhat of a distance, these particular people. Well, Eliezer had traveled, and he went with ten camels, and as Eliezer had made it to the region where he was at, he made his way to a well. And at this well, he prayed that the Lord would send somebody that would be willing to offer him a drink, and not just him, but to also offer a drink to the ten camels. So in a sense, Eliezer was asking for specifics. And, and God actually answered his prayer. Eliezer showed up, and, and, and sure enough, this beautiful young woman by the name of Rebecca showed up. And he asked her for a drink, and she gave him a drink, and then also for the camels, and she basically dropped everything to take care of these camels. He knew exactly right then and there that she was the one. And then afterwards, he, he had asked her, who is it that you are related to? And as she told him, he fell on his face and worshipped to God. After that had happened, he had presented with her a gold nose ring and as well as some, uh, some bracelets and some other jewelry that he was giving as a gift and explained to her what was going on. So she goes and brings him to the father, to the house and he sits down and he basically tells the family exactly what happened. And again, this is a message. When we read this message, when we look at this particular part two of chapter 24, a lot of people could almost envision it as a form of a of a romance movie or a novel. But this is so much deeper than, than a romance movie or a novel. This is more in regards to, to God's hand and the perfect will of God uh, and, and the will of the people willing to accept the call of, of marriage that he had put together. And, and so again, this is, this is a more of a... Uh, more of a lighter side, if you will. There's there's been some off and on uh, uh, harsh readings in, in Genesis, but beauty of the Bible is, is that it gives the complete and the complete and absolute truth of all things. It gives you the good, it gives you the bad, it gives you the embarrassing, it gives you the truth. But what we're looking at today was was somewhat of a lighter note. And in, in, in that of what we would see kind of in a romance model, uh, in the romance model or movie, but this is much deeper than that. So uh, prayers were answered and blessings were seen. 
So we're going to take a look now at uh, verses 34. This is this is half of chapter 24. So we're going to be looking at verse 34 because at this time when when Eliezer had come to the house of Rebekah's parents, he had sat down at the table to explain to him everything that was going on. So we're going to have a good size reading here in verse and we're going to start off in verse 34 and if you have a Bible follow me to verse 49. If not, you could feel free just to to listen to the story. But in verse 34 it starts it says, "So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great and he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old." And to him he was given all that he has. Now my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son, from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. But you shall go to my father's house and to my family, and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son, from my family, and from my father's house. You will be clear from this oath when you arrive among my family. For if they will not give her to you, then you will be released from my oath. And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, And it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out to draw water, and I say to her, Please give me a little water from your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, Drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. But before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with a pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down to the well and drew water, and I said to her, Please let me drink. And she made haste and let her pitcher down from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give your camels a drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels a drink also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, which Milcah bore to him. So I put the nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. And I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will deal kindly with and, tr- and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. So Eliezer, he gives the full story of why he's there. Uh, the intercession of God was seen all over here. And, and, and was told, I'm sure, with excitement as he explained everything. But for good reason. It wasn't because I'm searching the land for a beautiful woman to marry my master's son, but this was all by divine appointment. He spoke of Abraham as a blessed man of God. And from a worldly standpoint, you know, they would have seen that from the ten camels and the jewelry that was given to Rebekah. And even in New Testament times, if someone was wearing a gold ring or jewelry, uh, they seen it as somebody who was well-to-do. And you can almost see that in the book of James as he speaks about um, about the attention that somebody would give to somebody wearing a gold ring. But as he explained to Abraham and, and who he was, you know, his blessings were beyond what the world sees as. 
Yes, he was extremely wealthy. He, uh, Abraham had over 300 servants in his presence, which was the first sign of extreme wealth. But it was beyond that of financial wealth. His blessings were in many forms. You know, he was the he was the original landowner owner of the nation of Israel, named the father of many nations. He was given his son Isaac at the age of 99, and most of all, he was just favored by God. God himself called him his friend and told him that whoever curses you, I will curse. And whoever blesses you, I will bless. So that right there, that's an impressive life. And Abraham told him, as he made known now, that an angel of the Lord will accompany him. You know, associating with those who are close to God is a good start to things. And we will see the results of that as we go on here. But you see, Eliezer, he was a witness as we should be speaking openly about God and his goodness. Eliezer himself prayed for the sign. And God answered. And I've always loved the verse from James chapter 5 verse 16. It says that the prayer, the prayers of a righteous man avails much. And that's a, it's a short verse, but a very powerful one. And as Abraham, who had great favor with God, you know, so does anyone who walks close to him and calls him father. You know, God doesn't have grandchildren. We're all his when we receive him. But what he has in store for us is beyond imagination. And I'm referring to uh, eternally, which is why the course must be stayed in the loving relationship and walk with God. So let us continue now in verse 50. In verse 50 to 54. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either bad or good. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go. And let her be your master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass, when Abraham's servant heard their words, that he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, and clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. And he and, he and the men who were with them ate and drank and stayed all night. And then they arose in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. So Rebekah's father obviously had comfort in the situation, that God was behind all of it. And it wasn't a random bachelor pairing of betrothal, if you will. And, and this was exactly how we should be paired, by is by God's hand and approval when we're paired with somebody. You know, a lot of customary engagements today, and and, uh, and for years was for the man to ask the bride's father for her hand in marriage. And in these days, gift giving was a form of blessing the bride's parents, as at times it was also in good faith of provisions for the bride. But it was it was to be done when Rebecca was committed, you know, because this was never a forced marriage. And, and for those who ponder. Uh, and questions during the reading, you know, the fact that Abraham was clear that a bride was not to be from Canaan, but from his homeland of Mesopotamia, Iraq, you know, were they not a godly nation? Well, as for the area, no. But we cannot speak for everyone who lives there, as the parents were open to God and all that was said. But there is a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 14 that says, The unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. 
So God used women from other nations to be a part of his of his plan throughout the Bible. You know, he instructed that that being unequally yoked with other people and other nations was not good. But when he anointed the appointed couple, everything fell into place just as just as he put it. You know, many couples have been married and and one receives the Lord and the other may not. The unbelieving one will feel the blessings of having a godly spouse and has within time received God. And that was due to a spouse of of a solid walk in the Lord and diligent in prayer and, and faith. You know, you could read the short book of Ruth. And you take this Moabitess woman, Ruth, who was from Jordan, who had a godly mother-in-law who had a deep impact on Ruth. And it's a wonderful account. You know, look, I'm looking forward to teaching that book one day on this, on this website. But again, what we're seeing is the blessings of God's arrangement on those who are of Him. The commitment to God leads to things of joy. The gifts that work in a special way in us. See, I can attest to that because He's allowed me to do things that I never seen coming, which is what you are a part of right now and what you're hearing. And as for, again, the marriage factor here. I have performed a handful of weddings. I've been to numerous weddings. And never once have I seen anybody drugged down the aisle. <laughs> never once did I see anybody forced with a gun to their head saying to say, I do. It was a joyous occasion because of the choice that was made and the covenant made. The key, though, is, is staying the course while you're, while you're in the walk together. But again, we see where God's hand was involved in doing this. Because again, this is an unorthodox, uh, an unorthodox way of doing things in our day and age. It's to my understanding that there still is customary um, uh, betrothing in certain countries. Arranged marriages. And it's an interesting factor that in certain countries, they have a much lower divorce rate than here in the United States. And from what I've heard from the people there is that, that basically that they make a commitment to make it work. It's very rare that you see a divorce in some of these countries. But in their mindset and in their heart, they're just going to make it work no matter what. Their failure is not an option. Now, unhappiness can be in the depth of the heart, unfortunately. But when God's involved, and when God's hand was put together, you won't see either or. You won't see the divorce factor. You will not see the unhappiness factor in the depth of the heart. When God is involved. Is there trials? Is there is there uh, times of, of uh, going through the valley? Absolutely. If you've been married for a long period of time, then you will attest to what I'm saying. If you haven't, then you are a very ab- abnormal blessing. <laughs> but again, God's hand in all things brings blessings in all things. Take a look at verse 55 through 60. But her brother and her mother said... Let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least ten, and after that she may go. And he said to them, Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, We will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, 
will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. So again, reassurance of God's placement was here. Rebecca's parents, you know, they did what any parent would have done, uh, delayed the process to spend a little time with their daughter. You know, perhaps to prepare her for the new life ahead. Uh, they said to her, may she become the mother of tens of thousands and wished well on her descendants. So the parents most likely knew that they would never see her again. So where the Lord's hand was, was on uh, this was Rebecca's response by her will. They decided to give her the option and she was good to go. You know, knowing little to nothing about her husband-to-be, as I mentioned in the previous message, uh, it's unorthodox in our day to, to, uh, to agree to such things not knowing the person. But again, this was by divine appointment. And from the looks of it, she was from a wealthy family herself as she had servants in the household. So this was, uh, this was an interesting match. Faith played a big part in her life here. You know, being called from what you know and your homeland is a big step. It's even bigger when when arranged marriage comes in. You know, God speaks to people in different ways, though. You know, for some it took time with prayer, and others he said, go right then and there. And many will side with one way or the other. Some like to jump in and, and say, oh, God's going to handle it, and others will will pray for a time. But the key is hearing God. Abraham heard God as he called him out of his homeland. And once he received God and the call, God spoke to him. And often often he came, uh, even came down to him on a couple of occasions. Some things God told him or promised him took years. Others were done right away. So people who jump in on their own will or those who will uh, tiptoe into the water uh, to see how cold it is uh, will label God as one or the other. And what I mean by that is is that if somebody's more of the jump on in type, they're going to they're going to say that that's exactly how God is. And for those that tiptoe into the water, they're going to say that that's what God commands. Well, God works differently in all aspects. You know, all, all things are in his time on his command. The question is the relationship and the obedience of those who he calls. We can see throughout history and within our day and age of the blessings of obeying the call. You know, God's word proves that over thousands of years. See, we're observing the foundation of all of these things. And one more time, I can attest that from the, from the front of the Bible to the very end of it, that God does not change as he said. So let's go ahead and take a look now as we get ready to wrap up in this chapter and then verses 61 to 67. And it says, Then Rebekah and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Beard Lahoi, Roy, for he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. 
For she had said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done, and then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. And he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So as I mentioned earlier, this looks like a somewhat of a, like a romance movie. But yet it was, again, this was God's will being done. As she came near, she took a veil and she covered herself as a sign of modesty. It was also a cultural thing for women to do in public, uh, to show that they were married. and Or her presentation to Isaac was really just a nice start, but it was in the form of modesty. It was a perfect start to their meeting as Isaac was meditating in the field. And all of a sudden, she shows up. So God used a lot of great people in this chapter. Abraham entrusted his servant Eliezer to find a bride for his son, which speaks volumes, and entrusted him to bring her back safely. But Abraham knew that that God's hand was in on it, but it was still a blessing to know that his servant would have done just exactly what was needed to be done. And as we see this, it was the perfect match, which only God himself can do. You know, I've always appreciated Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse verse 9. It says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And I'm sure Isaac was affected by the death of his mother, Sarah. You know, God God brought Rebekah into his life to refill that void. And only God himself knows what's best. Only God himself can fill the void. And he knows the depth of our inner being and and our thoughts, our needs, our desires. You know, the best way to obtain them is to seek God first. And this was a wonderful story of God's grace and provisions. And again, God goes above and beyond our expectations. But what's neat to see was that Isaac didn't ask for anything in particular according to the scripture. The last thing I want is to only be a part of God due to what he does for me here on earth. That's not a, a real relationship or a walk. And, and God knows it when, when it's that kind of relationship. We can't fool him. But may it be a genuine relationship. And may we you know, be genuine because he is beyond anything or anyone in regards to his love for all people. Some some preach that by receiving God, all sorts of riches and things will come to you. And, and that's not always the case, because God will protect us from those things if it's going to get us away from him. But what I can remind you is, is that by receiving him, you can obtain eternal life. Everything else is up to him here on earth. Because he knows you, and he will keep you when you let him in. And the way is simple. For many years, whether this be the first time I say this on the website, but if there's something I've learned, it's that there's only two people who know me best. That is me, myself, and the one who knows me better than myself, which is the who created me, God himself. Because he knows every inner thought. He knows every hidden thing we think. He knows what we're going to do the next day. He knows our lives way ahead of us. So we have 
we have a powerful, wonderful creator that we need to rely on. And and so again, the question is, is that does, does everyone else want that as well? Do we want to walk with him because of what he can do for us? You know, do, do we marry somebody because of what they have or what they can do for us financially? Or, or are we with somebody because we truly love them and because God had placed us together? Are we friends with people because of who they are or what they can do for us? Or was it by a divine appointment? You know, I, I myself, if I could speak for myself just briefly, I'm just, I've been blessed beyond measure with the wife I've been given and with the friends and people that I've been given over the years. And not just people that were friends, but they, the handful have become more like family. And for my blessed family members, my flower garden, I like to call them. <laughs> It, it, it's just such such a joy to have experienced the the simple pleasures that God has allowed us to have, and so I pray that that you will experience so much more too. Isaac here was going through a hard time from the looks of it because it said that he was comforted, comforted after his mother's death. And what did God do? He brought him another woman. See, Sarah was a beautiful woman, a very, a very beautiful and and, uh, and an important woman as well, just as Rebecca is. God fills the voids, but He can only fill the voids when you ask Him, or when you're a part of Him. And I want to give the opportunity. The opportunity for for you to receive his son as as Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Because the Bible says that we cannot get to God unless it is through him. And I didn't make that up, but that was through his word, his inerrant and perfect word. So if, if you want eternal life... That is the one thing that I can tell you that will be uh, of assurance. Everything else that comes after that, that is up to God. But may He bless you continually and however He sees fit. But the most important thing is receiving Him. If you feel that you want to receive Him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to say a simple prayer. And if you want to repeat after me, you can receive him in your heart as Lord and Savior. Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me of all of my sins. I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And I ask, Lord, for you to wash me clean of my sins. And Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for having me. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would come into my heart, Lord, as I receive you as my Father. Lord, again, may you wash me clean of all sins, Lord. And may I be received into your kingdom. As Lord, as I love you, I praise you, and I thank you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Well, as we come to another end of a chapter, 
the the adventure continues through the word of god you know this this book is beyond anything that you'll ever read there's so much to it that that is so that is so mysterious but so much of a blessing and and it's an honor to to be a part of teaching it but again, when you receive Him, the Holy Spirit comes into you and will give you the understanding and the illumination to see that light. So may God bless you. May you continue in strength and in truth. And may you always be a part of Him and walking close. God bless you.